Welcome into the I-80 Club National Fun League Conference Championship Sunday. The Super Bowl is set. The Kansas City Chiefs back for the fourth time in five seasons, and they will be matching up with the San Francisco 49ers back for the first time since the Chiefs' first Super Bowl win in the Mahomes-Andy Reid era. Josh Peterson, Mike Schaefer with you. Mr. Mike Schaefer, how is your Sunday? Uh, you know, it started off somewhat poorly mm. and then looked like it was somehow going to be even worse. And then Dan Campbell, that mad, beautiful, genius Dan Campbell. Yeah. Coaching like it's the third October Sunday. Doesn't have a care in the world. Could go up 17 points against Brock Purdy. Really, you know, take a little wind out of the sails of the 49ers early in the second half. Match them just point for point. That's all you got to do, right? You just got to trade back and forth a little bit. But no, that glorious Dan Campbell, he goes for it, as you know, Josh. Nobody goes for it more than Dan Campbell. That's true. It doesn't matter if it's uh, from the seven and a half yard line and he needs just one point to go to overtime. That's true. He's going for it. It doesn't matter if they just need one yard and they have three timeouts and they could preserve an opportunity to force the other team to at least punt the ball back to him. He's going to run the ball there. I actually don't know if that was his call. I assume he signed off on it. But what a coaching masterpiece mm. from Dan Campbell, America's favorite coach, America's favorite team. Congratulations, Lions. 30-plus years of never being in the playoffs and now you get to know what it's like to have your heart ripped out, stomped on. This is what you've been missing. Not all of the fawning about your, oh, Detroit's a repressed city. We're so happy for them. This is amazing. What a wonderful thing to happen for this fan base. No, you get pain. You get suffering. You get to feel miserable. And you get to wake up tomorrow knowing that your team led 24 to 7 at half, then 24 to 10. Then on fourth and two, with an opportunity to go back up by three scores, you said, no, we go for it around here. But you didn't get it. And then you had a chance. You had a chance to tie the game. You had a chance to make it, you know, at least even make Brock Purdy earn this win. But you said, no, we go for it around here. But, hey, you only lost by three. It's not like you could have used three earlier once, maybe twice. But, hey. What a story. Hats off to the 2023 Detroit Lions. Congratulations. If your heart is in your throat or if your food contents are in your sink or toilet, just know I've been there. <laughs> but, hey, you'll always get a look back on this finally. You'll never think, I wonder what would have happened if we would have went up by 17 points in the second half with 25 minutes to go against a shaky quarterback. You'll never have to wonder because you'll know Dan Campbell doesn't do that. We go for it around here. And now you're going home. You know, Shafe, um, very well done, first of all. Uh, for the most part, I, I, you're getting a, a round of applause from everybody except for Matt. Uh, Matt Matt wasn't a fan. This anti-Detroit take is something. Uh, I don't think you were being anti. <laughs> and, and he was talking about, like, the city. You weren't being anti the city. Yeah, the city's um, great. You know, I, I'm anti the storyline. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. care about the pain and the suffering that you've you had. You haven't tell. had any. You don't go anywhere. You haven't been there. It doesn't matter. Congratulations. You joined the Packers and the Vikings in losing in the NFC Championship game in crushing fashion. The Bears, their only real appearance there featured Caleb Haney, so it was never going anywhere else. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, welcome to the club. 
You know, it's it's funny. We get donuts and we sit in on Tuesday with black coffee. Enjoy. <laughs> you, we often will do the whole like who has it worst, and it'll be like Cleveland fans, Vikings fans, Bills fans. But over the years, we have heard Lions fans say, "Hey, hey, what about us?" We're never even there. At least they get to go there. At least they get to go to the playoffs. At least they get to go to the NFC Championship game. Lions fans maybe now more than any fan base in the NFL, at least if you go just 30 years ago until now, they can say, hey, what do you like more? Being in the wilderness or choking up by two scores in the second half of an NFC Championship game where there are countless moments. I have IVSPN on right now, Shafe. And the dropped interception was just th- uh, shown when Ayuk uh, dives and, and catches it. It's 24 to 10 at this moment. This is yeah. right after they went for the first fourth down. Uh, they score a couple of plays later with Brandon Ayuk. It's 24 to 17. What, the first play from scrimmage on the next drive? Yep, indeed. Uh, Detroit fumbles and, and everything changed after that. Just a, a, a wild, a wild course of events in this one. Uh, it's so funny because you and I, we were texting a lot. First of all, we ended up talking way more about the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers during the first half. <laughs> Riss asked me at one moment, she's making dinner. She goes, who are you chatting with? And I said, oh, Shafe. And I go, we're talking about the 2020 Bucks." And she just shook her head. I was like, I know. That's that's just kind of how we are. Um, and the second half just completely turns itself on its head. Uh, and and San Francisco goes to the, uh, to the Super Bowl for the second time in the last five seasons just a, a you know we I, I had a bunch of topics that I was planning on getting to you or getting with you tonight and now we just like can't because yeah. <laughs> everything changed over the course of those last 30 minutes yeah I mean that was a uh a wild reversal in the second half I mean I I don't know that I fully believed it until the Jameer Gibbs uh Jared Goff kind of weird awkward exchange on the handoff there yeah. like as soon as that fumble happened game over it it felt like Detroit was going to need a prayer to yeah. uh, to win that game. And then, you know, there was the – I'll give credit to Jamison Williams, who I sort of feel like was teetering towards near bus territory after two years. He had the big touchdown early in the game. He had the nice catch on fourth down at the end. But he yeah. also had that critical reception that was almost a drop interception uh, on that drive where Detroit needed it to even set up the second fourth down yeah. that uh, always go for it. Dan just, you know – Went for it. Yeah. And it's, you know, I thought Detroit was really fortunate to even be in it at the end. Like it, it felt like, and I I text you this when the 49ers only went up by three, it felt like they had left the door completely open for Detroit there. Yeah. And uh, it was 31 or what? 20 was it? 27, 24. Yeah. And And that was the drive where they went for it the second time. Right. And I, I, I know I'd sent you that text and it's like, I feel like this gives them life. And then they went right back down there and they have that opportunity. And I, I understand like the, the argument, you can't just assume that you're going to make these field goals because obviously, you know, we've seen some critical misses and they haven't been from particularly far away. And the lions have benefited, you know, from two of them so far benefited, uh, from two of them in the playoffs as Moody missed one and then McLaughlin missed one uh, last week. And so there's the changes to calculus of a lot. Uh, so you can't just bank on that. And Yet obviously the 49ers went down the field and they scored. So I, I have to imagine that some of it was just, I don't trust my defense to get another stop. Sure. I guess I sort of view it like this though. You can't also tell me that you can't bank on the field goal going in while also banking on the 49ers, just completely figuring it out on offense. It took sure. a completely fluke play for them to even be in that position to score, to get it to to 24, 17. So um, just a a wild game. I, we, Josh, I feel like we, 
I mean, I certainly needed it for a variety of reasons, but <laughs> I, I feel like we kind of needed it because a day, despite the fact that Ravens Chiefs was was dramatic and there was tension throughout, it wasn't good no. at any point, really. No. No. Um, it felt like both teams, I, I mean, the Ravens gave an F effort and the, the Chiefs, to their credit, I mean, early in that game, it felt like you were going to get maybe their their best game of the playoffs, but instead you really kind of got like a, a snooze fest aside from any time Zay Flowers was involved. And so this game, you know, just like blew up in the second half. And it was, it was nice to be reminded that football can also be, you know, entertaining and back and forth and fun. Uh, and it took a long time to get there, but we did. Yeah. Uh, comment from Josh nine plays after the decision to not kick the field goal and go back up 17. The game was tied nine plays after yeah. it. And you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like, you and I have obviously disagreed a ton about the Lions this year, going back to the preseason um, and, and really going. I, I thought the 49ers would win by 10 points. I was so close to being right on the score exactly. I, I said 34 24. I was pretty pissed. You technically yeah. said two touchdowns in a text to me earlier today. I thought I said two scores. Did I say two touchdowns? I thought it was two. Maybe I misread it. Uh, on, my the, on the show, on, on a sports my contact on Friday, I picked 34 24. So for a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to backdoor my way into the exact score and, and I'm going to get two points in predictions with the total and with the uh, with them covering the spread. Um, but so anyway, going back to the Lions, you and I have disagreed on them all year long. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you, and I did I actually texted this to you mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as an idea, was like, where were you wrong? Because you, I, I, it's funny because in the first half, you were proven very right again on Brock Purdy, but you were looking to be very, very wrong on the Lions. And in the end, like Brock Purdy is this incredible enigma of bad play. And then he makes some big plays. He used his feet multiple times in the second half, including the drive that set up their final touchdown to, to go up by 10 points uh, to get them first downs, including one on, on, uh, on a third down rush. Um, you know, but he was also pretty poor at times in the first half and, you know, and they're trailing big. Meanwhile, the lions look spectacular in the first 30 minutes of this game. And it looks like not only are they going to win, but they're going to do so fairly comfortably. And in the end, like we can't really answer either of those questions because I mean, yeah, I guess you were wrong on the lines. You never thought they'd go this far, but I mean, it's not like lions fans. I mean, if they're chirping in your mentions about like, well, yeah, but you said we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what do you going to say right now? Come after me. Tell me about your great 2023 season. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear it. Recap how it ended for me too, when you get the chance, but yeah, no, I mean, here's why I was wrong on the lions. And I, you sent that question and I thought about it and it's really not that difficult for me to, to come up with why I was wrong on it. I spent almost all of these podcasts telling you that anyone could really have the chance and the NFC is wide open Yes, because there was no good quarterbacks or no, you know, uh, good isn't no fair. Patrick I mean, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, yes, Josh it, Allen. It's just hard when you're looking at the other side of it, and those yes. are the names, and these are the names, you know. Correct. But um, I, I spent a lot of time talking everyone else off of the, you know, the 49ers are a juggernaut, and here's why. And I never really, really fully allowed the idea that the Lions could simply take advantage of the fact that the NFC was wide open. You thought someone else would be able to yeah. take advantage well, of it, I, not them. I thought that they're. I thought that their Achilles heel of basically pressure Jared Goff and he will make a mistake, which he never really did all postseason long outside of that inexplicable backwards pass against the Rams. Um, and then to me, the, the biggest thing I couldn't get over, it felt like they had a horseshoe up their ass all season long in like close and late situations. And it just felt like that was going to run out. And part of it was I didn't believe their defense could stop NFL playoff caliber offenses. 
And it wasn't until the second half where we saw the real Lions defense emerge there. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we were going back and forth and you're like, they just make plays. And that's true. They do make plays. Um, but they also give up a lot of yards constantly. And, you know, it is again, one of those things where here was their path. They faced 35 year old broken Matthew Stafford, who looked great against them. They faced, you know, bust and now rejuvenated Baker Mayfield, who until that last pass of the game looked great against them. Uh, And then they faced Brock Purdy, who looked terrible until kind of the end of it, where I don't even know how you would describe him. This is a really weird way to say it. He felt like a, um, a good but not great college quarterback just churning through defenses with his legs and like making some kind of some wide open passes, but not showing you any like zip on the ball or any like great throws in tight windows or anything like that. And so it's just like he kind of solved a little bit of the defense. Kyle Shanahan solved it. And really where I was most wrong about everything goes back to last year's trade deadline. I mean, there's no way they win this game without Christian McCaffrey. There is not a chance in hell. And so, you know, I was going to look right on that at one point where, look, you know, they can't even get back to where they were without him. And he was such a huge factor in that game. You have to account for him in in every variety of way. But really, it comes down to where I was most wrong. I didn't believe that the Detroit Lions could win a conference that I thought literally anyone could win. So, you know, (laughs) it's right there in front of my face and I missed it. Yeah. What what else can you say? I got Uh, it wrong. The Lions defense, by the way, uh, not counting the kneel downs at the end, 49ers offense, five possessions in the second half, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. You know, that's yeah. obviously, Look, that is, I mean, Nick, Nick Mullins was doing that to them. Yeah. Like they, they got torched a lot this year um, and they get a lot of mileage out of, you know, some flash plays and, and everything else, but they aren't good on the back end at all. And so they, the, the wild thing to me is this game actually played out in a way where it's like, they're going to be able to run all over the 49ers in the second half. You know what they never did? Dude, they stopped they running the football. the football. Yeah, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but it, and I assume it's going to show up in some article, um, you know, over the course of the next 24 hours. But how they stopped running the ball, even, Shafe, when they got the ball late when they were down by three, um, the, yes, the, so the, the drive that resulted in the, the second fourth down attempt, they're not running on that drive. And I'm blown away. I'm like, guys, it's a three-point game. There's like half of a quarter. You're moving the ball. Now, they ended up moving the ball anyway. They got to midfield. But I was stunned by that. And, and I know at some point we're going to talk about the, the AFC game earlier. And, and that was the same thing with that oh, one. What yeah. the hell are the Ravens doing? That might have been even football. worse. Oh, for sure. Because for that game, it was the start. You know, the Ravens aren't running early, whereas at least the Lions are running early. And they are just chewing up huge chunks of that 49ers defense. And, you know, th- this is probably going to be our last pod of the uh, of the NFL season, given that you're about to be a dad. But if we were going to do a little bit of a preview, one of the things that I am, you know, wondering about moving into that uh, into the Super Bowl is just that 49ers defense and how big of a question mark it's become. You know, again, you and I, we texted a lot during these games and we, we were talking about the 2019 team and how different and better that defense was compared to this one. They have all this talent on the defensive line and they're just unable to get to the quarterback. Yeah. They got to they got to golf a couple of times tonight, but I mean, we know what Mahomes can do. I'm just, I'm stunned with all that talent. You know, at kind of every level, just the issues that they seem to have. And I mean, 
the the 49ers were maul or the uh, Lions were mauling them at times, opening up some of those holes for the running game, especially those first two drives, man, when they were right down the field. So that'll be uh, obviously something to pay attention to in two weeks during the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I mean, I haven't really even because <laughs> I was thinking about how much I was hoping that this child would arrive on February 11th and I just wouldn't be able to watch the Super Bowl for most of the first half of the uh, the NFC championship game. Yeah. And I haven't really even thought about what it looked 49ers and the uh and the Chiefs and I you know, I don't I don't know what to do with this 49ers team. I mean, yeah. they they eke by Green Bay and Green Bay, you know, for give them credit, they look like an entirely different team in January than they did previously. Yeah. And they by all accounts, should have lost to Detroit. I mean, it, it never even should have been within a score, quite frankly, uh, with the Lions. And yet they came back and they won that game. And now they get this zombie Chiefs team that is just uh, sort of both unremarkable and unbelievable. If that can yes. be a combination where you can you can do both of those things. 100%. Uh, you know, and I don't know when we want to transition over to the to the AFC, but yeah, let's do it now. We can do it now. Okay, we want to do it now. Yeah, yeah. I, there's so much in this game, and and I have to start here. The Ravens played one style of football the entire year, and then yeah. got to today, yes. and just said we are not going to apparently run downhill ever again after the first quarter. And I don't know. Look, I'm no X's and O's genius, but. You watch the Buffalo Bills be able to control the line of scrimmage, control the game for three. I don't know. I would say I would say they controlled sixty percent of the game last week mm-hmm. um, against Kansas City because of what they could do with Cook and Allen's ability to run and everything else. And then the Ravens are like, you know what is going to work for us? We're going to make our quarterback, who's the scariest dual threat guy in the league. We're going to have them throw like 40 times and we're just going to keep trying to throw down field. And when we do pass short, it's going to be these weird little sideways tunnel screens. Um, and never mind the fact that Kansas City's like, well, they're not going to run. So we're just going to go after them. Like we're going upfield as hard as we can every single time. I, I don't understand. I can make fun of Dan Campbell for the decisions that led to, to the loss for Detroit, but the guy who never got off the bus this week was was John Hart. Like, what was that, dude? Like, I, again, I know he doesn't call the plays, but you're still involved in what the game plan is. You're still in control as to what you're trying to do. And at no point was it so far away that you had to go to like this, you know, June Jones style throw it every time offense. Like, it just it, it was bizarre. And even even late in the game, like. What Lamar Dude, is doing. the third and one is, yeah. and they get the first down in on the drive anyway on the on the fourth and three. So it didn't it didn't it cost them, but yeah. it was just the personification of the day. Clint has the numbers: forty six to eleven passes versus runs in terms of called plays because there were some sacks in there. Embarrassing. What are you What are you doing? And You're I think like Josh the best rushing team in the league, or one yeah, of them. Says, he says they panicked. Chiefs' first two drives were 26 plays in 15 minutes. And at that moment, it's what, 14 to 7? It's yeah. not like the game was out of hand. It's not like your offense hadn't answered their offense. I, I am I am stunned because the 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 Lions, as you just said, you know, we're, people are gonna give them a, a whole lot of grief. But you know what? At least they Good. lost the way that they played all year long. 
They lost the way that they played, for better and for worse, obviously today for worse. The Ravens did not lose playing how no. they played throughout the year. And, and you know, it's so funny, again, to do the quarterback stuff, to compare the NFC versus the AFC. You you, you sent a text, and I, I know that you often don't like me reading texts and pods, sure. but I think you'll be okay with this one. Because you said, I'm very excited for Ravens Chiefs. I read that out loud to Riz, and I go, oops, it was like the fourth quarter at that time. You go, lots of stake narrative-wise, and if Mahomes and Reed can drag this shitbird of a team to a title game, the league is so fucked. And it is so true. Yeah. This is easily, easily the worst the offense has been in this stretch. And I guess at the aggregate with the defense, maybe it's not the worst team of this six-year oh, era. Oh, it, well, it's worse. Like, I, I can't, don't know. Yeah. I can't <laughs> name a team because they have more weapons on literally every other team except last year's. Yeah. And last year's team has a combination of a better version of Travis Kelsey. And uh, they were better. Throughout yeah. the year, the and defense, defense was marginal, was maybe a little bit worse, but the offense was yeah. so much better. Right. In, in all, yeah. So I'm with you. So like, this is the worst team, and the, yet this is another one. And they did it on the road. That whole he yeah. can't win on the road. He's never or he's never gone on the road. Um, and, and Josh says that Kelsey today was throwback Kelsey. Like they are, they are so damn. What was impressive. his problem today? Why was he so mad? So why did they pick a fight with Justin Tucker before the game? Yeah, I so you know like, I uh, like the is this like a we need to you know pick on a guy but we don't want to pick on anyone that can actually do anything in a so game. Let's pick on the kicker. Yeah, I don't know. I you know I was calling a game earlier, so I missed. Oh, I forget. I, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw some of the stuff on Twitter, but I haven't had a chance to like dive into the into the first. I actually have the highlights on right now, which is nice, so I can actually see what happened early. The only play that I had seen from the first half shape before right now was the the scramble drill when he when Mahomes took like ten seconds to throw it to Kelsey, and yeah. he made that play. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. You know, probably that typical. I need motivation. I need to be angry about something. You know, that happened. You know, between a, a team and a game, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still stunned. I just I just watched the Ravens pick up a fourth down on fourth and one. That was nice, but I, I'm I'm blown away. I'm blown away by the number of times that they threw the ball in this football game. And you know, they were the best team in the NFL all year long. I mean, they beat eleven teams with winning records, which was a record. Um, and they could have gotten a twelfth and then thirteenth in the Super Bowl. And so for them to go out like this, it's just it's so disappointing because I thought today could have you know, been a classic and dude, not to relitigate last week, but how much is Buffalo just kicking themselves? Like, Oh my gosh, we would have beaten this version of the Ravens too. We would have also yeah. gone to the super bowl. Well, I, the thing I just don't get, and obviously like I'm a big Lamar guy, but there, you know what his limitations are. You know how to like best use them. I just, yeah. I, they never like put themselves in situations where it was going to go well. And you got to give the defense credit. They rallied really well after a bad start to that game. They basically held the Chiefs. They held the Chiefs scoreless. They almost would have, yeah. you know, it, they almost probably would have held them to only 14 points had it not been for more just atrocious play calling where you have the ball, you're on your own 40, you have plenty of time, you can run it, you can do some different things. And whatever the, the Ravens were trying to do with their last drive, you know, before half, I, I just don't. I don't understand what the game plan was. I don't know what they thought they could do to the Chiefs uh, through the air. And obviously, Zay Flowers had a great game. And here's the thing. For mm. as poorly as the Ravens played, they Zay Flowers are sitting right there at, you know, at worst, the inch line if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble that ball. Yep. And quite frankly, if multiple plays earlier, he doesn't make a weird oh. turn, he should have oh. scored on that wide open throw. I mean, yeah. And, he's, and, then and, then, and then he gets the penalty on top of it. Yeah. Someone yeah. said he split his hand. Is that true? He like so punched he, the bench? Yeah, he punched the bench and he, he was bleeding in his, oh. his palm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know that that's that big of a deal. No, but. It, it was more just, you know, oh, my gosh, look at this guy. Yeah. You know, he's being a complete idiot right now. And then even after that, you still get Lamar with the opportunity where you don't need to be chucking it into the end zone. Like it's With three it, guys. It felt like they just had no concept of the game that they were in at any point while playing in that game. And it's just, it's weird to me um, because I, I regard, as you know this, I regard John Harbaugh as a – as a there great coach. Yeah. Um, and the way that they had set that team up was like, okay, you're trailing, but that defense is going to let you hang around and you're big and you're physical and you go after teams, but they should be able to at least wear the chiefs down and then hit them with play action. Well, yeah. you can't run play action. If you never run the ball, you know, like they would, uh, Jeremiah Searles had this great tweet, you know, I think it was after the first half where it was like, what are the Ravens attempting to do on offense? Like they haven't run screens to counteract the, the blitzing nature of the chiefs or the pressure that's coming. They haven't tried to run downhill at all yet. They're using play action concepts that are based off of downhill running. Like it's just a, it was bizarre to me. Um, Throw on top of that two shape, the four, what is it? Four personal foul penalties that the Ravens had. They they did dumb things. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's generally what happens. I mean, like, it was not the cleanest officiated game of all time. They they rarely ever are, but the the Chiefs baited the Ravens into some really stupid decisions, and the Ravens were more than happy to to do that. And they still only ended up losing by seven. Um, but they have to look at that game and think we kind of like cost ourselves just getting off the bus today. Yeah, it's wild. Just a yeah. wild like. You you could not have convinced me going into it that the team that was going to look the absolute worst today was the team that I was most convinced is the best in the NFL in Baltimore. Yeah. And that's a credit to the Chiefs. It's a credit to Andy Reid. It's a credit to, you know, whatever they do and whatever they did. But it felt more to me like it was Baltimore taking themselves out of their own game than it was anything Kansas City really did. Yeah. And I mean, J- Jacob says it, a couple other people says it, you know, and I'll just read Jacob's comment. He says the team that had never been there made the mistakes. It clearly reminded observers that they had never been there before. Chiefs defense was pretty damn good too. I mean, it, I, I think that that was, we've seen now shape in this playoffs a couple of different times. I think my team was involved in a game where the moment was obviously way too big for them for whatever reason today. I do think that a lot of those mistakes that you can chalk up to Baltimore to, you know, not having been there. I, I wonder if we could say the same thing about Munkin, you know, because often we'll say this about about players, right? Like, you know, the Zay Flowers, for example, like that's some yeah. pretty stupid ass stuff to do. He's a rookie. He'll probably, you know, learn from it. But the Munkin play calling in this, very, very curious. And it's it's funny because, you know, as, as this game is ending, I'm, I'm going back and forth with, with this Iowa fan who is basically like, you know, this is why I think Lamar Jackson's not good. And I'm like, okay, like we need to chill the hell out with some of this stuff. And yet I'm watching, I'm watching their game. And then I watch the NFC championship. And, and a lot of people are essentially saying the same thing about Brock Purdy. And it's like, what do you do with Brock Purdy moving forward? And I got to this point. I was like, saying that. Yeah. But yeah. And I didn't want to say that it was you, but, but it's like, I, I just, me. I, I, I love I love this sport and and I too love putting extra pressure on the playoffs. By the way, that that third and nine pass from Mahomes to to Valdez Scantling, incredible. Um, so like I get it. On the other and hand, shout out Valdez Scantling. You only cost me I think two different times with the Chiefs this year by inability to catch a pass, including that Eagles that game, which I think adding it up cost me roughly about four hundred dollars this year. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations MVS. You found your hands. 
in January. And but it didn't matter them. for Shafes. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have them all year long, but you know, it's nice. It's nice to see something good go right for the Chiefs here. But and I'm just, I just am like, do we not care about the regular season anymore? If we're just going to say like, I, I get it. Purdy had, has really not looked good in either of, of these two games. And I mean, you go back shape to last year's playoffs and the sample size on him in the postseason, even though they have won more often than they have lost, it's not really looking that great in terms of raw performance. Lamar Jackson, his playoff record is akin to Dak. You know, he has what someone, the Iowa fan that I was talking to, he remind he he said, like, hey, he only has one more win in the postseason than Kirk Cousins. And I'm just like, man, I, I'm just, I'm stunned that we have gotten to this point. And I get it. Rings and postseason, that matters more than anything. So we're just going to get that thought on burying Kirk Cousins. That's real nice. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, we're, 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 we're going to say that the regular season matters, but then we're also going to like, Take a shot at Kirk Cousins. No, that's what he was doing. I'm. I say the regular season. No, that's not what the that's not what the podcast listeners and I heard. There, you can't be a two time MVP and be bad. And so I don't know. That was just a rant of me being annoyed and you know how every. I mean, I get it. It comes down in the end of the playoffs, and and that's where legacy is made. But like, I disagree with Brendan. Purdy is not good. He is. He's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, I don't think he's bad either, but I think that there's very obvious limitations to him. Yes. So it's the idea to me is the 49ers can do exactly what they're doing with better players than Brock Purdy. And he is a product of everything else around. Like that's the whole Keynes argument. I know it's always been the whole Keynes argument. People like get lost with this idea that I'm saying that he's bad. No, he clearly belongs in the NFL, but you can't convince me that he has the athletic gifts of Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff for that matter. And that's why they went number one overall. But Jared Goff was so massively better tonight. Like, if, if you were going to do the wrong quarterback one thing, yeah. I mean, Jared Goff was way better yeah. than Brock Purdy. And you can see it and how he can throw a football and what he can do and all of these things. And I'm not even over here trying to tell you that Jared Goff is now like some sort of top 10 quarterback. But the, the concern I would have is basically, I don't think he has the physical ability to, like, if you – if you get the 49ers out of system, it's like his legs saved him. Yeah. The face mask of the Detroit defender saved him. Christian McCaffrey saved him. It was nothing he did with his arm. And that's all fine and well. And they might win a Super Bowl anyways. And they wouldn't be the first team to win a Super Bowl if a quarterback who benefited from the rest of his talent. Like that yeah. actually used to be how things used to be in the NFL. But I like I I can't look at this and be like, okay the 49ers don't have a question mark at quarterback. I think they definitely do. Isn't that crazy? So they have two years left with, with Purdy. Yeah. And I mean, they are 60 minutes away now from winning a championship. Right. And yet I don't know if the question is going to be answered. You know, right. he, he is, he is unlike anyone. I think you and I have been following the NFL for close to 30 years now. Um, he is unlike anyone that I can ever remember where he has gotten this far, had this much success and the debate is still, you know, how good is he, you know, or should they sign him long term? Because I know what's going to happen if they sign him long term. He's going to be the the highest paid quarterback for at least a season because he's going to have all of these numbers to look back on. I can 10 yards an attempt, 4000 plus yards, great touchdown INT ratio. It's what this is insane that he is doing this. And yet when you say it, when you lay everything out like you do, I'm not I'm not over here like Shafe's an idiot. You know, you you present a very good argument for for why he is not as good as his numbers would say he is. He has the well, best supporting I, cast in the in the sport. Yeah, I mean, I I just think 
it's hard for me to separate what the 49ers can do on offense and what they've done with the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo and now with, with Brock Purdy. And I just don't, I don't think he's like that big of a value add. Now the, the guys on that team are going to like laugh in my face and say whatever they're going to say, but that's what you do. I mean, sure. like I, it's rare anymore, you know, uh, unless your quarterback is a complete jerk and there are there's a few in the league. Um, it's rare anymore to have someone just like come out and trash their own quarterback. Sure. Like it's, you know, that just doesn't happen a lot in the NFL. And I don't think the 49ers would even trash him, but it makes me wonder if in the back of their brains, they're like, I wonder like if we had a Jared Goff, would that game have been like 42 to 14 mm-hmm. or, you know, like if you flip those quarterbacks could, could Brock Purdy run what Jared Goff does for Detroit? I don't think he could. And that's a great offense on the other side too. I mean, you could, I mean, you could make a case that the best offense was in Detroit, not necessarily because of golf, but because of the running game and the offensive coordinator and all of that. But then, yeah. I mean, we have all of the numbers of what Shanahan has done as well. Like it's a, it's a probably a good problem to have. But man, if they don't win against the Chiefs, and you're just sitting there and you're like, everyone else's cost is going up. Yeah, they have two years left with Purdy on this deal. Right. And a, and a, a few of the comments right now in the chat are, are saying they should go after Kirk Cousins or they will go after Kirk Cousins or they're going. I to think they Kirk might. Cousins. Yeah, and I, I mean, don't. I don't know that that's necessarily. But I, I'll say this: I believe in the entirety of my heart that when it comes to the athletic ability to play the position and the mental ability to play the position, Kirk Cousins is about fifty runs better than Brock Purdy. Now he can't run like Brock Purdy can. But I'm pretty sure he could take the Kyle Shanahan vehicle, drive that offense to a 30-plus touchdown season and an MVP award if that's you know how it's going to go because he was largely putting up massive numbers. I was going to say he was already doing that. Yeah, I mean now yeah, they were like four give him four. the give him the weapons. You know they're the Vikings, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think he would be an upgrade, but I don't know that it guarantees you a Super Bowl. That's that's a difficult part. Like you know, again, you're in the NFC you don't need to have the best quarterback. If you have a good vehicle, you're going to yep. be fine. Yeah. And so maybe they don't have to do anything at all, but it would, if they don't beat the chiefs and right now I don't, I would probably pick Kansas city if I had to make a, a choice right now without really thinking about it. Uh, that's going to be a wild off season. And the, uh, the, the people like us that, that provide the the content are going to have these conversations all the way through the free agency and the draft and the summer. And then it's going to be like everything he does is just going to be overly scrutinized. And it'll be fascinating because Dude, none of it so will much matter. Fun. Yeah. It, it's you know, Lamar's be- the same way. Nothing he does anymore in the regular season will matter. Correct. Yeah. He's, he is, re- he he's was already borderline. He yeah. Was borderline at that. I mean, Josh Allen knows what that's like. Yep. Uh, the wild thing to me is that Joe Burrow gets the reverse. He really hasn't, you know, he's had like a really nice one season, but he's missed a lot of time. And he's had like a great postseason run, but he didn't, you know, have these phenomenal games for the most part. It's just, it's, you know, the narrative building of all of us. And then you have Patrick Mahomes who's like, just give me, give me 10 guys. We'll see what we can do. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Duct tape and a little spit on it. Yeah. Row to Travis Kelsey, which that catch for the touchdown. Did you see that highlight? Yeah. Yeah. That throw and that catch probably. I, like, is that the best throw catch of the entire playoffs right now? Incredible. Like, first of all, coverage was good. Yeah. The throw was incredible. Yeah. The catch, like, he just, he he turned and it just basically got taken out by the football while holding on to it. Yeah. But just, in, you know, 
it's so often I'm like, man, how does he do it? And it's like, oh yeah, because he's the best. He is the best. And there's no one that's anywhere ne- like I love Josh Allen. You know I love Josh Allen. And I think athletically he can do everything that Patrick Mahomes can. But hmm. his teams don't win. And so we don't get to talk about them in that same fashion. Nope. And even I, I think it was better than the one that, that Allen had, even though that the was one the last week. That one was just oh that that's that's <sighs> maybe my favorite non-Cowboys play of the year was the Josh that's Allen touchdown up fast last week. Yeah, he uh dude, he's the he's the best. He he is I, and and I I feel like now I'm I'm officially comfortable saying this even though I've I felt it for a while I don't I don't care how many rings he ends up with he is the best he is the best that ever was I I am in awe of this guy every single week what he is able to do um he is he is spectacular at playing yeah. quarterback I don't I don't know now like you know how they always say like Michael Jordan was better at at doing his job than anyone ever has been do at doing their job and I I don't want to put Mahomes in that category just yet. But man, what how he plays quarterback and the level that he is able to get to on a year in and year in, year out basis, game in game out basis to drag this team, this team to the Super Bowl. Um, they they sucked. They were bad for large stretches of this year, and now they're going to another Super Bowl. And you just said it. Basically, everyone in the chat agrees with you. No one is that I have seen has picked the 49ers just yet in here. And the 49ers, oddly enough, are favorites yeah. in this game. I think it's three points. Right now for uh for Super Bowl fifty eight. He is he's spectacular, man. We I, I know that I know that most Chiefs fans are incredibly annoying, and I know that people, you know, get annoyed by dynasties and like they want to see something else. But I I am appreciating the hell out of watching him play just because, you know, he, he does it in such a different way than than any of the guys that, that I've ever watched play quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I I echo all of that. I love that we get to watch him play. I love that the Chiefs are this measuring stick because it makes the games against the Ravens and the Bills matter because then it's like, okay, you got to step it up. Yep. So far, only the Bengals have been able to to really do this since the How Patriots about that? Gone away. Tom Brady two times yeah. and Joe Burrow. Those are the guys who beat and him in the playoffs. Quite frankly, and Allen you know, could say the same thing here. Burrow could be multiple times on that list had a couple other things gone their way in that game last year in, in yep. Arrowhead. But yep. you got to have the measuring sticks because that's what makes it matter, right? Like when you yep. ultimately break through, you want it to come in a situation where, you know, guys like me aren't just like, oh, wow, they beat the four seed, the three seed, and a seven seed that made it all the way to the championship. That's incredible. Yep. Hooray for them. You know, but it's – they beat it's the remarkable. two and the one on the road this year. The two yeah. and the one on the and, road. And quite frankly, they were the better team. I mean, I, I, like they were the better team. Yeah. I don't think that they're the better team in the full season context, but on the one day context, yep. in every one of their, their games there in the playoffs so far, I mean, they were clearly better than Miami, and that was pretty evident early on. <laughs> but, you know, they were better than Buffalo too because they, there's something about their mentality where it's like they just don't think they're going to ever lose. And when they do lose, it's just a shock. Whereas for everybody else in the league, it's like, man, maybe it's going to be our time. And yep. it's like, nope, not your time. Still yep. theirs. Uh, I, you said something that made me want to pivot to something else that I've been thinking about. How close are we to eventually saying Andy Reid is the best football coach that you and I Dude. have ever watched? Dude. What he I, is- think, I think we've been like three years of this. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to pass Bill Belichick. I mean, so he's he's 30 games behind Bill Belichick, who no longer has a job. 
Yep. Uh, and so and he has he, Patrick Mahomes still as his quarterback. He has Patrick Mahomes, and they are on their worst team, and they're in the Super Bowl, and they're <laughs> going to get cap space, and they can go get other wide receivers or other yep. players to help them. Yep. And they're young guys that have finally started to break through, look even better now. Uh, they have a good young running back and and in Pacheco and a good young wide receiver and receiver like they're going to get that like weird veterans are going to kind of want to go play for them and yep. they'll build out their roster on veteran minimum guys that are yep. too good to be you know playing basically that, like what the Bucks did a few years ago where yeah they, they I mean, all these old guys I think they're I think that's a very fair analogy. And so um, Andy Reid is going to end up as probably the winningest coach of all time, assuming he doesn't. And we don't know. Maybe he just retires. And right? Yeah. A couple of people just brought that up, you know, because there has been talk of him retiring. Sure. It's been it's been brought up by by, you know, the insiders who are just like, hey, just something to keep an eye on. And it's always yeah. like, well, that's weird. So I'm, I guess we're, we're even keep an eye even on. even if he does. Is it a de- potential debate for you? Because what he did with two different franchises, and I know he didn't win one with the Eagles, yeah. but they were on the precipice and they, they were the great. Four NFC championship yeah. games and they went to a Super Bowl in that stretch. That was an incredible run, even though they and, didn't win a Super Bowl. You know, we can we can talk about his in-game coaching and some certain decisions and we can say, well, it's all a product of, of Mahomes. Well, Bill Belichick never won anything without Tom Brady. Dude, he, he, and I know Alex. And he never went anywhere really without Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, we have a a laundry list of random quarterbacks with Alex Smith and whatever Donovan McNabb would get injured and Kevin Cole or whoever it was. Coy Detmer would come on the field and they'd still be winning games in the month of December. And, and yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he has had a lot of success. Um, And yeah, it took the best quarterback ever to get him Super Bowls. But you know what? As you just said, Belichick won with Tom Brady. Joe Montana and Bill Walsh were tied right. in the hip. It's, you know, it's like, hard to not have that. Like, yeah. I, I, Congrats like, to Brian Billick on winning a Super Bowl, you know, yeah. with, with uh, Trent who's, who's the best coach that isn't tied to a quarterback? Mm. I mean, people always gave uh, Bradshaw shit. So I don't know, maybe Chuck Knoll, you know, for, but it's such a different era, you know, like, what yeah. are we? Oh, I mean, it just, do people refer to Ditka as a great coach? I don't think so. You right. know, he he got he had he had one year that was Ooh. awesome. Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs is probably the answer because he won with three okay. separate quarterbacks in his time in Washington. Yeah, because it's otherwise like I mean, in in our lifetime, and even if you just fast forward it to the two thousands, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it could potentially be like Dick Vermeil, but um, you know, you still have Kurt Warner got him over the stretcher, but his teams were always really good, so it might like it, it could be like Dick Vermeil. Uh, he was great with the Eagles, the, the Rams, and the the Chiefs, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, like, he, he. You know, yeah. Trent Green he eventually went to Kansas City. He was supposed to be the guy at first yeah. in St. Louis, and and they had a they were a one seed one year, a two seed. They right. were thirteen and three, and then Peyton Manning beat him in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, but everybody I, else is. You know, you just got that quarterback that you can just attach to their name, and Kurt Warner is probably the best for for Dick Vermeil. Yeah, going back to your question, I you know I still think Belichick is the best ever, but I mean. You are you are right that we are very close to it being a conversation. I mean, if they win in two weeks, that would be number three. You mentioned the wins. Belichick won six as a head coach, and then you know he had the, the other double digit championship games across two different leagues. Correct. Yeah, he's been to he's been to what is that? 10, 11? I think it's 10. 10, 10 or eleven yeah. championship games, six of them in a row right now. And yeah. to do what he's doing right now with this gauntlet, you know. 
Uh, this team, and he's doing crazy. it against the best quarterbacks in the league. He's not. Yeah. He's not sitting over in the NFC picking apart Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff and yeah. uh, Jordan Love and Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins and yeah. Yeah, you Matthew look at the Stafford's bad back. Look at the quarterbacks that they have beaten. You know, off the top of my head, I mean, you got first of all, you have Josh Allen, like three of the last four years. They beat Burrow last season. They beat Lamar Jackson this year. You know, the, the funny thing is, they the one guy they never beat was Brady. They never, they never were able to get past Tom Brady. They ended the Ben Roethlisberger era, thankfully. That they beat very, Tannehill. They beat Tannehill. They beat Deshaun they, Watson. They beat Deshaun Watson before we found out he was a creep. Um, ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but maybe another. I, I thought we were naming creeps. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> nice. Well done. Who is the uh, Who is the Browns quarterback when they beat the Browns in in uh, Baker? Baker. Yeah. So they beat Baker. They beat Baker back in 2020. Yeah. It's uh. Where have they beaten the most first? First round quarterbacks ever. Oh, that's a fun topic. Like they like almost, you know, Roethlisberger, Deshaun, Baker, like the the ones that aren't even at the the higher end of the list. And then you end up with Burrow and uh, now Lamar and um, Josh Josh Allen. Allen. Yep. But they couldn't beat that six rounder. Wow. Uh, Josh says Henny beat Baker. Tua. People forget Tua. People forget that it was Henny that came in at the end of that game to to beat Baker Mayfield in the uh, Browns back in the 2020 playoffs. Wow. Trevor Lawrence, another one that they have defeated. They did beat Trevor Lawrence. And that, I mean, that one was incredible. The bum ankle. His bum ankle. And then he won two more games. Yeah. He's the best. He's the best that ever was, man. I want to read this comment from uh, from uh, Bigelow real fast. He said, said it today after they won. Just enjoying every single minute of this ride as a fan. That's what my dad and I are focusing on. Just enjoying it. Saying it's been incredible would be an understatement. I, I really appreciate Bigelow because, honestly, most Chiefs fans are not as, like, you know, I, I think he really is appreciating this. And instead of being, like, a jerk to people, um, he seems to be, you know, knowing what this is. And that is a rarity. These are the good old days. Jacob and and any Chiefs fans, I know Jim and O'Neill's a Chiefs fan, you guys are going to look back on this and you're going to say, can you believe how fun that era of football was. And you were in the middle of it. Who knows when it'll end, but man, I I'm, I'm insanely jealous and I'm, I'm happy that, that you're appreciating it because this is, again, this is, these are the good old days. You will never have a time in your life as a sports fan better than this. It's impossible. Well, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of sports fans that even have an equivalent to this, right? It's now. just the I mean, Patriots. I th- I really think it's them. You know, and even there's felt like a little more spread out than what we're seeing. They right had now. that 10 year stretch where they were good, but not good enough. They, yeah. you know, suddenly they were losing in the Super Bowl. So it's a, uh, I mean, it's an incredible ride. And I, again, I, I was on here, you know, the last couple of weeks waxing poetically about how great it is that we have all these quarterbacks in the AFC. And I still feel that way, but it's really hard for me to, to just look at the Chiefs in this version and think, if they can get there now, yeah. I mean, what like, do you honestly? Do? What are you? What are you supposed to do? Yeah, you know, like you. How do? How are you supposed to defeat this? And obviously, there will be a day where Travis Kelsey isn't as good as he was today. And correct, we saw that a lot during the regular season. And there will be a time where they can't just turn it on, right? Like it yep. doesn't. It eventually goes away. But I, you know, instead of it feeling like we're in that moment, it feels like they somehow extended their shelf life, like three more years and obviously longer because you have Mahomes, but like with all the other players that they have around in this window, it just feels like they're, they're like the rare team. You feel like the window shrinks before you realize that it shrunk. They like expanded the window. They like installed a second window next to their window. It's unfair. Yeah. Josh points out he's 28. He's 28 years old. 
28 years old. Uh, well, he's, uh, he's also going to get to the point where it's like, okay, so he has this massive contract right now, but then it's going to be like, how much, you know, it's easy for me to say, but how much more does he need to play if he can also make sure that the team can be really good around him the rest of the time too? Yeah. And then on top of it, if Brady played till he was 45 and modern medicine being what it is, it's going to get better. And Mahomes, who is so gifted as a afterthought runner, and that starts to go away and he just continues to dissect people with his arm. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I, the future is so incredibly bright for the Chiefs fans. And I know it's really hard for them to see it between all of the complaints that nobody believes in them. And, and, you know, people were saying that someone else given credit uh, takes away from the chiefs, but uh, it's man, what a, what an incredible time to be a fan of a team. Yeah. I've experienced nothing like that in my life <laughs> ever. The closest never. would be like Nebraska and being born into it yeah. and not even really knowing how to appreciate it when you're, yeah, you're too years young. Old. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I feel horrible for the, for the little kids because they are, they have no idea what pain is. I know those kids that are like six are still going to have Mahomes in six years. They'll be 12. Yeah, that's true. Good point. That's a good point. Uh, Bigelow has run down the quarterback matchups for us. So they beat Andrew Luck. They lost to Brady. They beat Deshaun Tanhill and Jimmy G. They beat Baker, Josh Allen, lost to Brady again. They beat Roethlisberger, Allen. They lost to Burrow. They beat Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. And this year, Tua, Josh Allen, and Lamar. And then they'll go up against Brock Purdy, the best. It's incredible. Run. Yeah, that's a good list of quarterbacks. It's a really just good list of absolutely incredible. And then again, the NFC is just toiling in retread quarterbacks and rejuvenation projects. And, mm. you know, is is Dak good enough? Is Kirk good enough? Is Purdy good enough? NFC yeah. topics inherently is Hurts good fun. enough. Yeah, it's hurts good enough. I, right. I yeah, we need I've to better, get a little anti Eagles in there for Hey, you. they they hired Kellen Moore. I told I told Riz, I said, you're gonna really like him in September and October. And then November's gonna roll around. You're gonna be like, why can't we run the ball as well anymore? This is odd. And then the offense is just gonna kind of fall off a cliff because that's what happened uh for him in Dallas. Uh Shape, you said it. we can we can wind down, but you said you like uh you like Kansas City. If you are to be wrong. Where where do you think you're wrong about this matchups and and why could the 49ers win? Well, I mean, if if the 49ers commit to running the ball in the way that the Buffalo did, and then I think, you know, as explosive as James Cook is, Christian McCaffrey is a different level of that. But the the thing about it to me is I think the Chiefs have the ability to put this game on Ken Brock Purdy make five really key throws. Yep throughout this game. And I don't know that the answer is yes to that. And if they can put this game on his shoulders, I think it's going to be really hard because the 49, I mean, look, Debo Samuel reminded us again, why he's maybe somehow perpetually the most underrated player in the league at any point in time, because of all the different ways that he can affect the game and what he can do on offense and all of that. While also somehow only playing in like 10 games a year uh, while doing it. And today was one of the 10. He was great. Yeah, and maybe CJ Gardner Johnson shouldn't have talked smack to him. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not a great idea there. But, um, and Kittle is obviously good and Ayuk and, and Juwan Jennings can do their thing and, and all of that. But if, if they can get McCaffrey going to make life easier for Brock Purdy, I think that's the route that it can go. I don't believe in this 49ers defense. I sort of haven't since 
you know, mid-October when just watched them get ripped to shreds in three straight games. And then they, they resurfaced. And then they got ripped to shreds again by Baltimore. They look bad against the Packers, who probably should have beat them. They look bad against the Lions, who definitely should have beat them. Um, I think their linebackers look slow as hell. Dude, they I think Isaiah Pacheco could run. Like, I mean, if you wanted a non-Mahomes MVP type candidate, like I think Pacheco could have a, a good game if the Chiefs were to win. Um, you know, I love I love going defensive lineman in those situations because if like George Karloftis has two and a half sacks and forces a fumble, yeah, you yep. know, like those. Hey, I don't know why I'm giving people prop bets. I sent you how it's gone for me with my picks in the playoffs so far. <laughs> yeah, not very uh, good. No, very good. considering how well the regular season went, it's like I, I know this league. No, you don't, dumbass. Sit down. And that's what the league told me, and I have. But yeah, uh, yeah I I don't know what. Like why? Because I feel like you've been. It's funny we had this conversation about man, it's going to be the Chiefs again, isn't it? And I didn't. I didn't actually go forward with that train uh, of logic, uh, and you just jumped in the conductor's seat and choo choo. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So um, what What makes you think that they're going to be able to do this again uh, here in a couple Sundays? The The Chiefs or the Forty ers The Chiefs. I don't so think you I, believe in the 49ers. No, I I I don't. But I'm kind of leaning. I'm leaning them just because oh. I do still. I do still love their offense. I still love their offense enough, even though it has been so bad. And so I, I, I feel like I am. Am I being rope doped if I'm still buying into them, even though the last two weeks? Can it, I say something that, that might make you think differently about the 49ers? Yes, please. This is going to be the best defense they've played in quite some time. And the last Since time they the, played the a defense this good, Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens kick their ass. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good point. Um, it's a really good point. I, I mean, I don't really have a rebuttal for that right now. Uh, by the way, the, the lines moved. The Niners are now one and a half. What was that? It, it might not mean anything because it's a one-game context, but yeah. Uh, I just am like, and the aggregate, their offense was awesome throughout the whole year. They were so good. And and yet, in hindsight, I mean, okay, why did I start buying it? First of all, I, I had the baggage from last year that I brought into this year. Okay, so they destroyed Dallas. Dallas is a problem. Like, we know that they have issues. They, they killed the Eagles. Congrats. You know, like uh, some of the stuff that they did in the regular season that I viewed very, very favorably in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have viewed as favorably. Just like in hindsight, it's obviously very easy to say, man, Dallas got a lot of brownie points with me and others for killing the Eagles. Again, like, are, are we sure that, you know, that, that, you know, that's something we should take positively. Josh says it. This is a quarterback league. Don't overcomplicate this, Josh. It is. And that's the thing is the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And so, like, do, am I really going to pick against Mahomes again? Like, I, I <laughs> that would be stupid. That would be stupid. Yet, I do think that the 49ers are the better team. But I will go back straight to something you said a couple minutes ago. And that's Andy Reid versus Shanahan. And as someone who is a huge Kyle Shanahan fan, I love the way that he builds a franchise. Who boy. I mean, these games, how they started the last two weeks, certainly what happened at the end of the first half last week, um, not 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 great. Not great if you're buying into the Kyle Shanahan stock. Not very good yeah. at all. No, it's – I mean, it is going to be uh, – it'll be, I think, a, a good matchup. I, I have a feeling it could get sort of like a blowout. Like, I, I just don't so? – I don't Kansas know City that could it's roll. – yeah, I, well, either team could. I mean, I, I think, like, it's – I don't know that we're destined for a close and late game. Now, the Chiefs played one against the 49ers. They played one against the Eagles. They got absolutely smacked by the Bucks that we spent more time than you cared to today discussing. 
the the wow. wonderful 2020 bucks and, and let me add some context to that we were trying to come up with who the worst team was to to make the super bowl if the because we thought the lions were well, right and i was trying to say i thought the lions were as bad as anybody since you get to the, like the ravens broncos giants run yeah uh, i think back to back to back there yeah. in the uh the early 2010s and you were like no 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 the, bucks. the 2020 bucks and i was like nah not buying it Score and I, presented, I thought I presented points. some favorable stats. You did. You were like, you they've had a way better schedule, and they were one in three in the regular season versus playoff teams. They didn't even yeah. play that many playoff teams that year. No, you uh, you presented a, a fair argument, and then I just went and looked at the fact that they scored 492 points <laughs> in one last game. <laughs> they gave up less points than the Lions. Yeah, and you know, again, their quarterback was Tom Brady. They have more Hall of Famers on that team than the Lions. Like, yeah, that's fair. So. I did. I did think my argument for who they beat in the playoffs. I don't remember exactly how I described it, but it was some form of a shitty Washington yeah, I, team. <laughs> did you enjoy that good. stretch? <laughs> Because it, it hit me where I live, which is mocking Drew Brees and, and you know, Aaron Rodgers, the, the collective lack of postseason success of Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, who built you know their homes on sand in terms of uh, uh, the the postseason. But they they have their one Super Bowl win. Um, I was I was sort of trying to spin the the potential of Jared Goff being in a second Super Bowl in a positive, but I was going to tweet out about how Jared Goff has more Super Bowl appearances than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> just to, you know, really kind of drive home that one of the greatest quarterbacks of an entire generation made it to they one won. Super Bowl. Ooh, yeah. So here's what I said. Washington garbage, noodle arm, Drew Brees, playoff failure, Aaron Rodgers, no offensive line having Kansas City Chiefs. And then after that, then we 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 started talking about the Super Bowl and how Riss got COVID. Uh, yeah. I got pizza that had no toppings or red sauce on it. It was one of the reason. greatest texts anyone could ever receive from their friend. <laughs> and, you know, it's a Super Bowl. Like, it's, it's also the COVID Super Bowl. I watched that oh, with horrible. my now wife yep. and uh, the, the guy who lived in my basement and coached basketball in Lincoln. And we're just like, there's, there's no, like, there's no real enthusiasm because it's the Super Bowl. It's like the, the NFL is playing tonight. Yeah. And we we made some food as as Shelby and I like to do, and you know we we had like the the wings and the you know the finger food and all of that, but it just didn't you know it it felt like the weirdest Super Bowl that I could it think sucked. of because it just didn't have any real yeah, and then that game was over immediately. Garbage, garbage, horrible football game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what happens when you and I get together is now on a podcast. We just spent five minutes on the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm gonna <laughs> miss that. We could have picked any Super Bowl over the yeah. last 20 years. That's like, well, here's where I was, here's what I thought going into it, here's how I feel afterwards. Yeah. And here's a dig at the Packers. Like yeah. that's basically how it would go, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And here we are three years later, still talking about it. Shape, I'm gonna miss doing this podcast with you, man. This has been uh this has been a lot of fun. Uh we we ended up doing, I think, five during the regular season. We hit every week leading up to the Super Bowl, including the day that my Cowboys lost to the Packers. So shout out Incredible to us. performance by you. Yeah, shout out. to my. I got a text from a friend who, who was in here earlier and, and he probably went to bed, but he texted me the next day and he said, you recorded a podcast last night as he was listening to it. And then he goes, sorry. And so, uh, but yeah, this was, I genuinely loved looking forward to this, even though we often would record them at this kind of an hour. So uh, I hope other people did too. By the way, Bigelow said that he had the same tweet ready to go. Shafe, great minds about Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, this was fun as hell, man. I, I you know, I, I, I'm guessing we won't be doing a Super Bowl one. You, you're probably going to be a dad very soon. Uh, I imagine yeah, we'll that see. We'll, we'll see how things play out. Maybe the yeah. kid comes early. 
maybe a pregame maybe show or something late. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it's the enjoyment's the same on my end as well. And my, my favorite part is like these, these recorded podcast conversations are no different than how you and I act. If we were sitting at the bar and having a beer yep. and discussing anything, my favorite part of all of this is there's no prep. There's no like, you know, the, the very beginning of the show, my entire rant about the, like, that's all just in my head. Like that's in there. That's what yeah. I'm sitting on the couch thinking, and I have no one else to tell, and I'm probably texting it to you anyways, but yeah. here I am able to say it in a more performance oriented fashion. And that's, what's great about this. I, I don't care if we have seven listeners, 17 listeners, 17,000 listeners. This It's always fun to talk about the NFL, and it is a bedrock of our friendship. And so yes. I, I've enjoyed being able to do this all year. Yeah, yeah, it, it will. I always ask you if you have anything to plug. I'm going to plug for you this week, Mike Schaefer. You put out a killer story earlier today on 24-7 Sports about the recruitment of Dylan Riola. Years in the making, an inside look at Dylan Riola's journey to Nebraska at a 24 seven sports Husker 24 seven. I highly recommend, first of all, if you are not a subscriber, go subscribe. Uh, and if you are, you should read it. If you've read it, you know that it's awesome. Great story, man. Um, so uh, shout out to you. What, what else do you have to plug though? Uh, I'll have some more junior day coverage coming up here. Uh, it's apparently a national signing day here in like 10 days, I guess they're still going to have it. Nebraska might sign someone. They might not. Who knows? We'll find out. Who knows? Um, you know, as always, get over to the Husker 24-7. We have what will probably be a, uh, you know, try to convince each other that Nebraska basketball is yet again going to pick itself up off the floor ahead of this Wisconsin game. I see you grimacing and shaking your head. Here's the thing. No team has more experience about just getting thumped and turning around and playing well at home. True. And so can they do it again? Brian Christofferson and I will discuss with another Husker 24-7 hoops cast. Uh, that's everything I got. Be sure to uh, check out 1620 The Zone between 2 and 6 oh. Monday through Friday, and you can hear Josh Peterson talk about all things that have ever happened. Anything that's ever happening Anything. could have a conversation about it Yes, with John Bishop. Yeah, but not with you anymore. Your last day with us is next Wednesday, I believe. Is that the day? The 7th? Uh, Wednesday the, the 7th. So Wednesday the 7th, so and then we'll say left. goodbye to you until like the 7th. I'm, I'm going off the grid. Nice. I'm just I'm gonna quit everything for probably like 12 minutes, and then I'll come back on the grid. I'm and excited I'll tell you how to, great those 12 minutes were. I'm excited to wake up some random Tuesday and have like five texts from you between the hours of 2:38 and 4:36. It's just gonna be spectacular. Yeah, I, I, sometimes I feel bad because I did it again this morning, where I just send you like a stream of consciousness. It was Today great. It was about Argo and how it's you know might be mocking Yellowstone and <laughs> and all these other thoughts that no one else possibly could have. And this is what you get whenever you turn your phone. Like you're, you're probably trying to do something productive. No, I was just running. All running, I was doing was running. I have my notifications. Productive. Everything's muted, yeah. so it's not like right. my phone's blowing up. And I'm like, who's texting me? You know, and it doesn't even say. It'd be great if your text was like, you have a text and it's eight paragraphs long, because I'd have two people to guess. It'd either be you or my friend Aaron. I'd be like, oh, Shaper or Aaron texted me. And so today it was, uh, it was you. Uh, thanks to everybody who who's joined us throughout the year. I, People really love this podcast. That makes me super happy because I love doing this. Yeah, also, they talk a bunch of shit on everything. You really did. Dude, your lion stuff today was was gold. Uh, many people are congratulating you as well. Uh, <laughs> one, one Hopefully about the lions and not about the child. The child yeah. hasn't arrived, but the lions are dead. Yeah, one comment from Thanks Matthew Bader Campbell. before we say goodnight. He says, Mike, I don't know if you're wired this way, but if you are, sleep whenever the baby sleeps. So. Yeah. 
There you go. All right. Uh, for Mike Schaefer, I'm Josh Peterson. If you're listening to this on the free feed, subscribe. Patreon.com slash ID Club. Come join us for as low as $3 a month. We do podcasts. Gosh, we've been doing them on a, in a crazy pace lately. I think four or five a week recently. It's going to slow down just a little bit with no more NFL pods. Uh, but you can join us today at Patreon.com slash I80 Club. For Mike Schaefer, I'm Josh Peterson. Have a great night.